tired. So tired. Hey, people, you're listening to Overtired. I am Brett Herbster. I'm here with birthday girl, Christina Warren. Christina, happy birthday. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for asking. I'm excellent. Um, yes, it is true. I, I have turned 29. Okay. And uh, again, I know it's amazing how this keeps happening. And uh, like, I, it's it's truly shocking that, that it just seems to happen over and over again. I've, I've made some sort of deal with some people and I just, the time is, time is all relative anyway, but yes, um, my birthday was yesterday, uh, as we record this and, um, great day. I have to say in the news, like I have to say my birthday isn't always great. Sometimes like, you know, because it's, it's any day of the year and, and we live in a hellscape of a time. And so oftentimes terrible things happen on your birthday. And uh, yesterday, I'm sure some terrible things did happen, but mostly good things happened. So let me just like quickly go through the list. And then I want to get into Brett's mental health corner. But <laughs> um, the first and, and, and most like exciting thing for me personally and, and also the show was that Taylor Swift re-released her um, uh, seminal album Red in a new deluxe version with 30 tracks. So it's kind of like, like so much more on it than what was on the original. And it's like, it's like over two hours of stuff. It's great. Including a 10 minute version of All Too Well, which also had a short film, which we're going to talk about. Um, Red is my favorite album. So this was great for me because I've got to relive the release of this record twice. Um, a lot of the bonus tracks are really good. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. Um, also in music, uh, Gracie Abrams, who I really, really enjoy. She's kind of a, a young up-and-coming artist who should have Olivia Rodrigo's career but doesn't. Uh, she released a new album. In uh, in other very exciting news, Britney was freed. So Britney is now no longer under her conservatorship. So yay, yay, Britney. Um, Steve Bannon was indicted, which is very exciting. And um, a penguin um, who somehow got lost from Antarctica and found his way to New Zealand was found and sent back home deported that's cruel well i mean he was dehydrated and he he like they don't they don't they don't live outside of like you know he's in like this like not not freezing area so it was very like worrisome because it's like you know pingu was lost and pingu was found and how he's been reunited with his family so uh disney also announced some stuff don't even really care so much about that pingu is more exciting to me but like just a, a good day. It's just a shit storm of happy birthday. Honestly, like I, I, I felt like some like like Red. I know why that happened. It's because Adele was going to release her long-awaited album on um, November nineteenth, which was when Taylor Swift had originally planned on re-releasing Red. And um, Taylor Swift and her record label rightly looked at that situation and went, "Oh, so we won't get any promotion, and we will be." buried alive because it's it's fucking Adele and uh they moved the date up a week which so smart but also so great for me personally because you know I got to share my birthday with like sad ho fall so it was really great so you asked me in honor of your birthday to watch the short film that yes. was tied to this release yes. and I I, I want to hear what you think of it before I do anything stupid. 
I Oh no, you can totally you can totally drag it. I don't the, care. I, I know it's not your shit. Being the helpful person that she is, after I watched it and and said what I needed to say to get it out of my system, I left to go do stuff out of the house. I came back home and I'll I was like, okay, I did some research. Do you want to know why you might want to care about this this short film? <laughs> and she did not succeed in making me care. Okay. She she did not, but she she made an effort, and I want you to know that Elle, she's got your you. back. See, that's so nice, and that's another birthday gift. L making you try to care about why you should have enjoyed, or maybe not enjoyed, but I'm glad you gave it 15 minutes to watch the the, the short films. You know slash music video for the 10 minute version of, of all too well it's it's 15 minutes um okay. yeah because there's so, a whole five minutes of dialogue in it too yes exactly so the whole background on the song is that it's like oh I it's actually, like i watched her on fallon explaining yeah the background of the the 10 minute version of this song as part of the research that l left for me excellent excellent <laughs> Which I appreciate. So, but of course she doesn't get into like what the real background is. Um, so the real story is that when she was 20, um, almost 21, she was in like a short term, but very intense, like thing with Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. And, um, he broke her heart, like into pieces, like, like a crumpled up piece of paper lying there. Um, she remembers it all too well. Those are lyrics from the song. Um, so that is it's like widely considered like her best song ever like in from a lyrical like composition standpoint like it's see it's, i feel like she should write more songs coming from the position of a breakup i feel like that would be good for her <laughs> right like maybe she could like maybe she could do a, honestly maybe may, may, i think you're onto something i think i think you're you're onto something from like, from where i'm sitting that's all she writes about Right. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of what she's famous for, uh, obviously. But but this is, of all her breakup songs, this is the best one. Like, Dear John, which is the the John Mayer song she wrote about John Mayer. Like, she wrote him, like, a fuck you letter in the style of a John Mayer song, which, fucking brilliant. Oh, that, um, okay, so I, I didn't know what you meant. A John Mayer song about John Mayer, but now that, okay, I've put it together, That that's funny. Yep. That's funny. Yeah, it is. It is actually. And it it, it is and it's a great song. It it it's on Speak Now and, and she's like got like a line in there like, Don't you think nineteen's too young to be messed with and stuff like that? He was very upset. He was like, I didn't do anything. That was really shitty of her to come out and like write a song. And I'm like, Bro, you are like thirty four. Like, come on now. Um, like <laughs> honestly, like what are you doing when you're like thirty four years old and you're like dating a 19 year old honestly right. that that's so sig significantly older than you i yeah being well, 29 not, I, mean, I mean well yeah but if but you were to but, date but, like, a 34 year old that would be just age inappropriate no that would be fine because i'm not 19 <laughs> okay so there's a, 30, it's, a it's a ratio thing yeah exactly 34 and 29 is fine 24 and 34 I think is okay. I think that maybe you're in different life points, but whatever. 19 and 34. Again, I'm not going to tell people who can, who they can and can't fuck. You do you. I'm just saying like, it, it's more than likely not going to work out. And the person who knows it's not going to work out is probably not the 19 year old. So 
Um, anyway, so that's that's Dear John. But but All Too Well is like this famous song. And, and the original version is like five minutes long and it's great. And it's kind of the center point of red. But she's, we've known or she's claimed for years. She's like, yeah, there's this 10 minute version. Like, because the way that her songwriting process works is like she had a co-writer who like helped her edit it. And apparently, you know, like they had, like, as you saw on Fallon, like a recording of some of the original kind of stuff that she had and she had the original lyrics. And so she took this opportunity to re-record because I don't think she'd ever recorded the the 10 minute version because uh, well, that she, would... she had a recording the day they wrote it, like she was ad libbing it and like the band yes. kind of like joined in on it. And at the end of right. the day, they were all wrapped up and her mom like went to the recording tech and just like, did you get that? And, and he gave her a CD with the original raw 10 minute version. Right. And I don't know how much of that, like I have my own questions, like how much of that was actually what wound up being re-recorded. <laughs> sure, sure. You know what I mean? Um, like I have a feeling that she probably had other lyrics and stuff and, and changed maybe, you know, melodies here, who knows, but yeah, exactly. So, but, but the, the original song is like, five minutes long, a little over five minutes. It's great. Um, but we've all wanted this 10 minute version and I thought it was really good. And then she made this short film about it, which is completely, and now that you understand maybe the Jake Gyllenhaal aspect, it's a completely autobiographical film. Just, you know, she changed her career maybe a little bit, but it's like a completely, like she even cast somebody who looked like him. Um, like, not even trying at all here, Taylor. Like, not even trying at all to, like, we all knew who it was about because there were paparazzi shots of them and, like, there were lines on the song. Like, there's just things about it. But also, it was like she famously, like, apparently, um, because they, after he broke up with her, like, he didn't show up at her 21st birthday party and, like, which was very upsetting for her. And, and that was the moment she knew also a song on the, the record, a, a bonus track. Um, and, uh, then they got back together and then she like ran into Jennifer Aniston at some party and Jennifer Aniston was like, what happened? And she's like, he happened. He did. <laughs> she's crying in the bathroom. Um, very dramatic, right? Like, cause she's 21. So, uh, and she's a dramatic person anyway. Um, so like, it's this incredibly dramatic song of the person who I feel gross even saying this, but I think that we can all especially if you watch the the short film he clearly took her virginity so like it's one of those like breakup songs and then the short film i think is also this like breakup short film where at least for me i remembered like the first guy well it was probably guys but but it was two of them but one of them hurt more who like really fucked me over and i like you know it's been more than nine years since that happened uh, she says, um, you know, but even like decades later, like I still like feel that. So um, that was that was like my take, I guess, from but that the, that's why it's a big deal, because it's like this famous song for people who are fans of hers. And then she like gave us the extended version and then made this this short film about it. OK, I can let that I, I, I don't have to I don't have to have anything to say about that. I, I was curious, though, what your perspective was like from like the filmmaking. Like, did you find it cloying? Did you find it interesting? Like what what was 
I, I'm just curious because it's not your bag. I, I understand, but I am like genuinely curious. Like you hated it. That's t- totally cool. I am curious though, from like the non-fan perspective, like what you thought of the film, the, I guess. The filmmaking was good. The acting was excellent. Um, yeah, the acting like, was really they, good. They, they, I, I, <laughs> like it was honestly a very standard relationship that was portrayed. Like. Yes. There was nothing spectacular or interesting about the relationship or the breakup. Like we've all been there and it, it just kind of, this is like normal white people shit here. Um, 100%. But they portrayed it well. Which is why it works. Okay. They portrayed it well and, and it made for an altogether uh, bearable, but uninteresting film for me. (laughs) No, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I would say I think even the uninteresting aspect or whatever, like you're like, this is the shit everybody goes through. I think that for you, it doesn't do anything, which is totally fair. But I think for a lot of people, that's why the song resonates. Okay. Because because they they take their like they take even though she has hyper specific details about what happened. When you hear it, when you in like the film, the acting was so good. Like the both the book great, but the girl, like the scenes when like she's crying, like there's like she was good, like far better than most fair of that. Stuff, I will say, like the acting was was a cut above what you usually see in these types of things. Um, but I think the reason it resonates with people is because they, at least I know for me, like when I was even watching, like I was thinking back to like fucking Chad who. Yeah, his name was actually Chad, and I don't give a shit. Like, he works with government now. Who cares? Um, Chad, uh, you know, Chad. It's Chad. Also, there were two Chads. Uh, one Chad was actually very nice. Uh, the, the This Chad was absolutely not. Total bastard. Um, but I'm thinking back on, like, that experience. Bad and, like Bad, bad Chad, Chad indeed. Okay. And um, it, that may be episode title. Um, but, uh, no. Um, but, like, I, I thought about that. Like, I, I hadn't thought about that in a really, really long time. And I was like... But I think that's maybe why that song resonates with people, especially women, like not exclusively, but but especially like I think that, you know, it's this universal thing. Like, yeah, we've all had these kind of standard relationship things. But the first time you have like a deep heartbreak, like it sticks with you. So I think that's the power of that song. Have you ever heard uh, I See a Darkness by Bonnie Prince Billy later recovered by Johnny Cash? I don't think so. Like, so uh, there, I don't, I, I almost never feel anything, even when a song perfectly depicts a relationship that was rough for me. Like, I just somehow, I don't find relationships in music interesting, but depictions of depression and depictions of, of bipolar and of anxiety and of, uh, disorders in general those i find very compelling in music and i see a darkness is perhaps um i i see it as a song about bipolar uh it's i think mostly about depression and honestly i think anyone who's ever seen uh down days but found like comfort and light on the other side mm-hmm. would totally like that song is just amazing. And Bonnie Prince Billy has two versions of it. And one of them is actually a happy version. There's oh, like wow. a, there's like a, like a very slow, dreary, like heartfelt, but 
dreary version. And then there's one that like picks up this like bass beat and it's like a peppy version. And that's the one they made the music video for. And the music video is outstanding. I'm going to link this after our, yes, after our you. links to, uh, to all too well, there will be links to, uh, the video version of Bonnie Prince Billy's I see a darkness. Okay. I'm excited about this because, um, I haven't ever heard this, but I'm excited to listen to it now. And it's from, I looked it up, uh, the Johnny Cash covers from his, um, I think uh, American uh, four. Yeah. I saw, yeah. It, it's American three. Yeah. Um, which was the American four was the one with hurt on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, he had that whole like series of, of, yeah. of like cover A- Amazing Great. covers where he actually brought in the original artists to sing back up on their own songs. <laughs> Which is just, uh, what a fucking baller move. Right, right. Honestly. <laughs> like, honestly. Well, I mean, I mean, Hurt had always been my favorite Nine Nails song. Like, always. Yeah. Oh, and for sure. Like, like, well before Johnny Cash. And, and, I, and I point that out because most people my age, even though Nine Inch Nails was, like, big, like, it, sadly, unfortunately, most people my age, like, first heard the song. If they weren't, like, Nine Inch Nails fans, like, they first heard the song, like, as a Johnny Cash song. But I, I was a fan like from 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 get go. I remember the first time I heard that song um, and and I was like, holy shit, this is it, amazing. That is the only song I remember off Downward Spiral. Um, you don't remember um, oh, I Want to Fuck You Like and, Closer? Yeah, I, of course I remember Closer. That that yeah. song stands on its own in the Pantheon. But anyway. Yeah, but 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 I, I agree with you, right? Like, I think those are kind of the two standouts. Like, those are the ones I like remember the most, too. But um even like uh, like like Trent, who is very like gracious about it, he's like, yeah, the song just isn't mine anymore. Like, right. he did it better, and it's it, well, you, and that music back video. Down. Yes. Oh my god, With the Tom the Petty back on down. the backup that's, vocals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's just yeah. No, the all of his covers were just stunning, and and again, like, what a fucking baller move. <laughs> it's just well, it's both take... it's both like an honor, I think, to yes, like to offer. But also, just, yeah, the it, baller, baller is the word for it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, because, like, yeah, because if you're even if you're Tom, if you're Tom fucking Petty, if, if you're Trent Reznor, if you're whoever, you're like, yes, Johnny Cash wants to cover my song, please, and and they want me to play on it. I'm I'm honored. I am now but a backup singer. I am now a backup singer to Johnny fucking Cash, right? But at the same time, it's just like the the there are very few artists who could get away with asking that of someone and everybody being excited like i feel like the only other person and it's funny because some of the artists he covered would be people who maybe not for everybody but who other people would be like sure right like like i feel like bruce could get away with that um yeah i feel like leonard cohen could have gotten away with it like there's some like cohen definitely could have yeah they're they're definitely it seems like a male thing like i can't think of any women off the top of my head who would be that um brazen yeah i'm trying to think i think there are women who could get away with it if they would be that brazen like i think that I think if taylor could get away with it if she... i agree with that i i was actually thinking that i was like if taylor were not i mean her whole thing is she's so committed to singing her own shit yeah but if she were willing to like you know what I mean? Like if she were like, hey, I want to maybe reinterpret or do well, some other stuff. she does a great job of bringing other artists in. She and, does. And fe- like Bone, Bone Iver, Bonavar, however you want to say Bonavar. it. Bonavar. Bonavar. 
Yes, actually. So there's a track on there's there's a bonus track that was never released. So some of the bonus tracks like had been recorded by other artists um, and um, a couple of them had actually been on the first like deluxe version of Red, the target version um, uh, nine years ago. But the um, there's this song called um, um, uh, that she does with Phoebe Bridgers and um she talked about that i think on the fallon interview too um about um uh, or it might have been seth myers i i can't remember because she did both of their shows but but uh he was asking like how do you you know go about like asking people like if they want to be featured on you know this um this record or whatnot she's like well i don't call because you know that could be weird but she sends like a text and, and like she sent a text to phoebe asking if she wanted to basically do out with her on this song that she wrote uh which is about kind of being a female ingenue it's actually a really good song and it's like what happens like when you're no longer the new shiny thing and and they're paying attention to some younger like newer you know mm-hmm. female artist or whatever i've seen that and, meme uh, sure yeah i mean it's it, well it's a it, right and and um and and, and, it, and it's, it's a well-written song and phoebe is kind of like the perfect person for that because phoebe's like five years younger than taylor and like they have similar uh Phoebe's cooler, but like they have similar aesthetics and and similar sorts of things, right? Like they're they're similar artists. And um and Phoebe was never compared I mean, she never went mainstream blockbuster like Taylor Swift, obviously, but you know, like has had that respectability thing or whatnot. And and um and Phoebe apparently like uh it, it, she tweeted she was like true story, but apparently like Phoebe like texted her back and was like, I've been waiting for this text my entire life. Um What a and, great uh, gift to give. Yes. Did you sense honestly. me? Did you sense me going for a segue I there? I did. I did. Yes. And that is a fantastic gift. What other gifts would people have? Well, if you're anything like us, you want to win that best gift giver ever title this holiday season. And we've got a secret source for that. It's called Uncommon Goods. Uncommon Goods has just right gift for all your loves and likes. We're talking moms, dads, teens, in-laws, besties, your one and only. It's not stuff you can find just anywhere. Uncommon Goods has unique and creative gifts, often handmade by independent artists and makers. And they have gift guides to help you match the right gift to the right person. I love coffee contraptions, and I found all kinds of new ones on the Uncommon Goods site. So I ordered a vacuum-powered cold press maker that I've been uh, adding to my lineup of morning coffee-making gadgets. And while I was there, I found there was something for literally everyone, no matter what they're into. And I will definitely be using Uncommon Goods to get some unique gifts for some of my hard-to-buy-for family and friends this year. Who knows what holiday shopping will look like this season? And the unique gifts at Uncommon Goods can sell out fast, so shop now and get it taken care of early. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high-quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S., They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. Uncommon Goods also offers uncommon experiences. Choose from live online classes in mixology, cooking, flower arranging, (laughs) embroidery, and more from hand-picked artists and experts. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash overtired. That's uncommongoods.com slash overtired for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. 
I love it. I, I just looked at the site. They actually have like a personalized record cutting board. Record? So it's like a cut, like, so it's a cutting board that looks like a record, like a vinyl like record. Vinyl. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Which is yeah. awesome. So. Yeah. No, I, 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 like, I don't know what to buy for half of the people in my family. So going somewhere where I can just like punch in that my brother likes, you know, this or that and find unique ideas. It's awesome. Cool yeah. stuff. Very cool. All right. Very cool. So yeah. I, 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 I watched Dune. Okay. Remind me, have you seen Dune? Yes, I have. I have. And and I said that I, I, I was curious in your thoughts because I don't, th I, I think it's, I think it's good. It's one of those things we have to see the second part. Like that's kind of yeah. how I feel like I yeah. feel like I can't judge the whole thing. Oh my God though. So like I am seriously considering tomorrow, like I watched it on HBO and yeah. tomorrow I may go to a theater for the first time <sighs> in years now because the, the sets, the costumes, the score, the, the videography, like everything about this was just I was so blown away and I watched all of the extras and I could not get enough of it. And I wished that it had come out it, like, so I could binge it. I wanted to see the other half right. so, so soon. Yeah. I mean, really the director, good. yeah, no, the, the, the director is, is amazing. You know, he's, he did, um, Arrival. Denis, Denis something. Um, uh, Villeneuve, um, I think, um, I, I, um, I, I can't. Yeah, I'm blanking it, on it too, yeah. but, um, but, um, Arrival, which one was Arrival? Arrival is the one with Amy Adams and, um, uh, Jeremy Renner about the, the aliens who have like the kind of weird language. Oh, and the, I love the that movie was so good. That's like one of the that best is films, my, right? Like one of my favorite alien movies ever. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And the score from that is unreal. Yes. Yeah. That's why, that's why a lot of us were really excited about it because that wasn't Hans um, Zimmer on soundtrack too was it I think it might have been because Dune I, Dune was a soundtrack by Hans Zimmer and he like invented instruments to make like no, an it was alien not. soundtrack oh that's so cool yeah no it was it was not Hans Zimmer it was Johan Johansson oh okay. um uh so but but it but yeah but it's um yeah so so it, and um it, he's Icelandic um, which actually for arrival makes sense if I'm sure. thinking about it. Yeah. Cause I, I, but I, I, that's like one of those, like five years later, like there are certain film soundtracks that I'll listen to. Like I usually will do kind of the pantheon of like the Atticus Ross, Trent Reznor. Um, yeah. uh, like girl with the dragon tattoo, uh, social network, um, yeah. uh, gone girl. Um, there are a number of them. Um, I'll also do some of the Hans Zimmer ones. Um, like, like, uh, the, um, uh, interstellar uh, -huh. uh that that was the one i was thinking of but this is the the arrival one is also one like i'll, I'll listen to the tron soundtrack like there, there's certain ones that uh were you know uh the new tron not the original tron obviously um and uh but yeah no um arrival one of the greatest sci-fi films ever 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 so yeah um it that's why a lot of people i think the expectations were really high for yeah. Dune because you know you have this guy who's like incredibly good. Well, he also did Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And okay, we talked about how Dune is kind of an unfilmable story. Yes, and, and 
the only way to do it was to split it into multiple parts agreed but still it's one of those things that it's like taking on a star wars movie where you have a fan base that is yes ingrained and and pretty fanatical not like it's like current fandom or anything because god when was that book written 70s 80s um 60s i think yeah geez but um like the the people who love dune they they love dune and to make a movie that was gonna pass muster with with (laughs) fanatics like that's it it takes it takes some nerve and it does it take it, it it takes balls right it's like it's it's like being johnny cash right like yeah. yeah yeah but he did it honestly my my personal my personal opinions was that it was a triumph and i cannot wait to see the second half i'm really glad that you liked it yeah like i i liked it but again for me it was one of those things where i'm kind of like okay you know like i feel like still like i'm gonna have to to see the whole thing until you know what i mean to really be able to judge but but i i felt like the acting was really good like you said it's just it's a difficult thing to do and also i mean i think you make a great point like it is one of those like i think i think you made a perfect comparison because star wars is one of a, a similar sort of fandom so it it's kind of like you know when jj abrams took on star wars with the force awakens and like, okay, are, is anybody going to be happy with this? Right. And a lot of people were, you know, a lot of people yeah. really did like it. They, they, they didn't like some of the follow-up ones, but they really did like that one. And, and I stand by that. But like, that's tough, right? Like, yeah. that's like. Oh, yeah. That, that, that'd be one of the are, worst gigs in the world, I think. Uh, totally, right? Because on the one hand, you have this amazing opportunity for this loved property. On the other hand, you have this very, like, fervent and vocal and, like, demanding fandom who nothing you do for some of them will ever be good enough um and then you have this i think with dune you have this complimentary problem that that you have a little bit of star wars too but i think with dune it's even worse where you're also trying to make something that's more broad that can be enjoyed by people who aren't super fans of the books yeah well yeah so i mean that would kind of you'd want to bring in you know a modern well, right. Well, that's well. That's the thing, right? I would but the be curious commit. to I, like I, the only people I've heard reviews from were people that were Dune fans to begin with, um, and who had been let down <laughs> by David Lynch, um, right. and were just and you know pleasantly version, surprised. Yeah. But I'd be curious yeah, to it, hear from people seeing it and not knowing the story, not having like any Frank Herbert background, right. If you are one of those people and you've seen it on HBO Max, uh, please let us know um, on Twitter um, or or email or whatever, because I, I, I would be interested in that, too, because um, I, I feel like that is it's done incredibly well at the box office. So, um, you know, it's already done several hundred million, um, which is incredible since it's still a pandemic. And, and mm-hmm. so clearly but and, and but to me. I have to think, though, that a lot of that has been people who are not like diehard fans. Yeah, it's I would a global thing. Because so. I, I can't think of like, I mean, I know it's a really popular sci-fi book, but, you know, you're going through a lot of stuff to go and see this in a the theater. Did you ever Even read? Though... Sorry, go oh, ahead. God. No, I was just saying, like, you have to, like, make an effort at this point to go see something in the right. theater. So. Yeah, no, it's a very conscious decision. And I guess the word word gets out. 
Mm-hmm. People talk about like a truly beautiful sci-fi movie. And I think, I think that's something that could appeal to just about anyone, whether they had any idea who hasn't heard good things about Dune though. Like, I guess I've heard from people that are like, uh, it made me work too hard for me to enjoy it. But most people who, you know, are good thinking readers. Right. They're going to say good things about Dune. So even if you haven't read it, you've probably heard someone talk about Dune in, in good terms. I, yeah, I could see, I could see taking a chance going to a theater right now to see a movie that got great reviews, uh, and, and was based on something that has 50 years of fandom behind it. Did you ever read, um, Lazarus effect and Jesus incident? by frank herbert i think i read lazarus effect i think but i I think jesus incident was first okay well then no i didn't because i i um lazarus effect sounded familiar but no it was like if jesus there was sentient kelp do you remember sentient kelp because that was pretty much the crux of this story no no i do not it's like it's about this spaceship that becomes sentient uh, like it's like an artificial intelligence that was, it's got like a, a cargo full of, of human clone, like embryos and like a, a minimal crew and they get like stranded, I think, but the spaceship becomes sentient and starts to play God sending down like batches of cloned humans to the surface of a planet and like demanding that they worship it. And like it like there's a whole like jesus story that plays out it it, i i loved it it was good that's awesome i remember loving it i don't i don't remember it all that well these days but i still have the paperback somewhere on a bookshelf with a torn cover i remember it (laughs) isn't that great yeah i mean that's the funny thing like i i do still because i have to sometimes buy like physical books because stuff goes out of print or whatever Uh that's actually one of the reasons why i prefer i mean i look i i appreciate physical books the reason that i like like ebooks better well there are several reasons one um because with my adhd it makes it easier to read like three or four things at once uh-huh. um and, and two, moving is so much easier yes 100 percent. that's the thing too like moving stuff is so much easier and it doesn't take up as much space and and like you know it, it it that whole process is easier but also one of those things is that if i've forgotten something i can very I feel like I can much more quickly go through and like read some of it and be like, oh, right. And it'll come back to me, you know? Yeah. And you can search. It, that's I, that's saying that too. It's like, yes, yes, oh, the searching. Oh, speaking of reading. Um, yes. The Sandman by Neil Gaiman is out as an audiobook. book. Uh, one and two are out and it is full cast reads. Got Kat Dennings and <gasps> uh, BB uh, the... Uh, Frazier's wife, his Newer. ex-wife. Newer, yep, yep, BB Newer. She's on there, and uh, uh, Morpheus is played by. Why am I blanking? Um, oh shit, no, you it. I have to look it up real quick while we're talking because you'll be impressed with who plays the Sandman. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I see this. Uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, James McAvoy. It does an excellent job, oh. and. It is, it's, it's awesome. Like, I wasn't sure how are you going to turn this graphic novel into an audiobook, but it is. Yeah. It, how did they do it? Well, you know, so like 
you've read graphic novels. Yes. And like, there are certain ways, like, at, like end of a frame, like uh, a, a voice comes in from the corner, like a gasp or a sigh or a throwaway line. Like they include all of that and they use spatial audio to infer. Like as you listen to it, you can almost see the frames. You can, oh, cool. Like it, it's just really well, uh, uh, the, the reading is very, it just feels like a graphic novel, but without feeling constricted in any way. It, I, it's hard to, it's hard to describe. I would like to hear from them how they felt they did it, but, uh, but it, it just, it works. And I got through the first one and was thrilled to see that the second one was already available. And Amazing. yeah, it's really good. Okay. All right. Well, I'm adding this to my audible, um, um, list then because this, this is exciting. Um, and, um, that's, that's really cool. And I like that they did that. I like that they had like a, a, a good cast. Also, I like that it seems like whoever produced it for Audible, like took it seriously. We're like, okay, we're going to adapt this for audio the right way. Cause obviously there are ways to do that. Right. Like, you know, um, even if, even if you weren't doing it for sighted people, like if you were trying to, to think about like, okay, how would you tell the story to like, right. um, well, unsighted I people? mean, you could describe, but that's the thing is they 100%. describe there. The only dialogue in it is actual words on the page. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. So I'm, I'm, um, okay. I will check that out. Cause I feel like even I, a, I would like to, I mean, this seems like I, I amazingly have never read Sand Sandman. I've read a lot of graphic novels, but I've never read Sandman, uh, even though I know it's like one of the best ones or whatever. But um, I would like to listen to this. Uh, a question for you. Should I read the actual graphic novel first or is this something that would be okay for me to listen to without ever having seen it? I So I've read about half of the first, I think they call it episode or mm -hmm. book. I read about half of the first book um before i and i like put it down for a year and then this came out so like i had only recently started reading sandman and i the the audiobook went beyond what i had ever read and so like for the first half of it i could easily picture the stuff that i had read less than less than two years ago um and then once it continued on like I, it was, it, it, the pictures in my head, it was as if I had already read it. So I wouldn't say like, it's like, it'll work immediately if you've never read the graphic novel, but it's not necessary. Okay. It works. It stands on its own. It's like the graveyard book also by Neil Gaiman, the one that we named our cat after, um, like I read it as a graphic novel and as a novelization and as an audiobook, and all three of those can exist separately, even though it was originally a graphic novel. It just works. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, speaking of Sandman and sleeping, sleeping well, do you, yes. uh, do you want to tell us about uh, the latest in home security? I absolutely do. So if you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there is no better time than now. This week, our friends at Simply Safe are giving overtired listeners 
40% off their award-winning home security. We love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant that you need it. So Simply Safe was even named Best Home Security System of 2021 by US News and World Report. And you can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes. And you can even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. These are Simply Safe's biggest discounts of the year, 40% off. So you can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100. There are no long-term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. So take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday sale and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash overtired. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash overtired for 40% off your entire system. Hurry, this offer ends soon. And that is S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash overtired. Get yourself 40% off. Thank you so much, Simply Safe. Yeah, nice, nice job. Um, I I feel like they should, they should have us spell uh, more... Like you, it wasn't even in the read to to spell it out for people. And no, you can't have a name like Simply Safe without noting that it's S I M P L I S A F E. Nice job, though. You you covered that base. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know that this is why they pay me the moderate to to to, uh, the moderate dollars. Um, No, uh, because I, I yes, as you said, we all. We're just talking about auditory things. Like you hear a word like simply and you're going to think, oh, okay, that's where I should spell the normal way. No, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com. One of my my favorite songs is The Passenger by Iggy Pop. Um, Great song. And it keeps coming on. Uh, I keep getting ads for this this new show. And and, uh, it's the song that always like tunes me in and then it always turns out there's a new Dexter. Yes. And I, have you seen it? I, so you have to subscribe to Showtime to okay. see the new Dexter. Login. I 100% want, I am willing to subscribe to Showtime to see the new Dexter, but Hulu does not offer a way for you to make the in-app purchase in the app. I think you have to do it through the web browser and think so. that is just like, I keep forgetting that I need to do that until I'm sitting in front of my Apple TV and then it shows me an ad and I want it and I want it and it won't let me buy it. Um, I will, I will see it. I just have to remember to add Showtime to my Hulu when I'm at my web browser. Yeah. So I will remind you when we finish the show to go ahead and sign up. Okay. Because they actually have a limited time offer where you can yeah, it's like four bucks get it a for month. $3.99 $3, $3. for four months, which yeah. is great. Which is plenty of time to watch a new new version of Dexter. Yes. Have you seen so, it? So I, I have. So I have to say, I think most people would agree the final season of Dexter was terrible. It, it, was, it was mediocre at best. It, uh, it didn't finale, upset me. I mean, the finale was, was, was bad. I don't even remember how it ended now. It must not have made an impression on me. He, okay, so this is a spoiler alert. Oh, for no, sure I do remember. Okay. Yeah, and then he, he takes off into into the great white north. Exactly. 
Um, so it, it doesn't completely, they're not able to retcon that, um, even though the, the showrunner was somebody who worked on the show for like the first four years, which is important because like the, the fourth season was, was really good. Um, I mean, the first four seasons were great. Right. And, and, and then I think it went off the rails a, a little bit, although I, I enjoyed it and I watched, I watched to the better end, but, um, I, I enjoyed it. It was weird kind of going back to a show that doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but yet a lot in television has changed mm -hmm. since then. And, um, and I actually went back and like watched the pilot after, um, I watched the new episode just to kind of compare and contrast because 2006 doesn't feel that long ago, but it, <laughs> again, in television, it was right. Like, it, yeah. it, like, like, you know, it feels like just yesterday, but it honestly was, you know, 15 years ago. So, um, I, um, and you know, that, uh, it basically takes place a decade after, mm -hmm. um, like they, they speed things up a little bit. Cause I think Dexter technically ended in 2013, but they, they speed things up a little bit, a little bit to be like, okay, he hasn't, when you find him, he's kind of living a more normal existence in this small town. And he hasn't killed anyone in 10 years. And um, he's still haunted by some of the things that have happened in his past, but is still keeping his, you know, his dark passenger at bay. So mm -hmm. he's out there. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and then it, it oh, kind of opens what, That's into... the reference. I didn't even put it together. The dark passenger. That's brilliant. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, 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 and then that's all I'm going to say. Um, so, uh, but you know, some, some of the cast members from the, from the earlier series are back. Um, this is not a spoiler because I think they, they had her in all the promos and stuff, but, but, um, uh, his sister mm -hmm. is back. Uh, but now she's kind of playing like the, the role of his conscience, kind of like the role that like Harry played in the original series. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. Um, and, um, and, and she's good. Um, and, and the two of them are good together. It always weirds me out to remember they were married. Were they? The I actors didn't know were that. married. Huh. Yeah. The actors were married. Yeah. They got, to, they got married and then divorced while the show was on and yet managed to still like keep up. Like that's gotta be hard. I have to say like, no matter how professional you are, that yeah. has to be difficult when you are like the lead and like the second, you know, cast member, like, you know, like the second billing, like on a show. And A, it's already weird because you're playing siblings, but you're clearly, you know, starting to get feelings for each other and, and you have that sort of chemistry and then you get married and then you get divorced and then you're still doing the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they apparently have remained very good friends. And um, she was very complimentary about him um, and his acting in a, in in a New York Times profile, and and she came back, which was great. So, um, and there are some other uh, people who I think will be coming back um, uh, too. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I watched I watched it. I, I was it was one of those things where I could not, you know what I mean? Like um, Dexter was kind of one of those. Like a lot of people now talk about the current television things like Golden Age TV. I feel like that time has passed. I feel like at this point we have too much of it, even though there's really great shows out. Like I just feel like we're almost in this glut because there's so much television out there. But I really feel like Dexter was one of those moments when it came out, like Showtime was, it was this very brief window when Showtime was better than HBO. And um, 
And well, no, it's true because it's like you had you had that and you had weeds and you had um oh, weeds. I, I, weeds I, was great. I actually I may weeds is on my list of shows to give a second uh, life to in my viewing. Yeah. I loved weeds. I loved weeds. Mary Louise Parker, so fucking good. She's just such a brilliant actress. So cute um, too. So cute. Yeah, and she yeah, she's beautiful. Like she's she, and just good fucking actress. Like mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, and uh, uh, also what was a Shameless, which uh, oh, was yeah. a great show. Yeah, which which was an HBO show. <laughs> like John Wells, who created Shameless, um, has a longstanding deal with Warner Brothers. Like that's his that's his studio. Um, that's that's who he's exclusively worked with. That was an HBO show, and then for some reason HBO was like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna pass on this," <laughs> and so it goes to Showtime. So this is a show that like HBO's parent company owns. No, and then and and then their biggest like competitor rival is like, and then HBO I think what what was it? Oh, they 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 took the horse show Lucky instead. You remember Lucky? I don't remember Lucky. So it was it was a um. It was a decent idea for a show. The problem was they lost so many um, horses, so many horses and stuff like died during the the making of it that like it cost them so much money that they literally had to like shut it down. Like it was one of the it was like a problem. Like it was it was um um it, it was it was definitely um I think it was lucky. It might have been called something else. I might, I might be getting it wrong, but um that it was uh. Uh, it was a show of the horses. I think it was a David Mult show, but it uh, it was a tremendous financial disaster for HBO, and they should have just taken Shameless. Um, but anyway, but yeah, but like, but Dexter, you know, was like that great fucking TV, and uh, yeah, it was funny because I actually I went back and I was watching it on iTunes because I bought the whole series at some point, and um, I was like looking at him using his uh, his power um, book, like his, his his you know aluminum power book mm-hmm. or whatever, and I was brought back to that era and i was like even our laptops look the same now because you know they've they've like redesigned the macbooks to look <laughs> like the old school designs mm-hmm. but uh but other than that yeah i mean like michael um um c hall like looks a little older but um i'm i'm excited to see where it goes i think they're doing eight episodes and then i guess they'll go from there to see if they want to do more than that um but that is exciting i i yeah i can't like Elle and I both have a love of Dexter. It's a show we can watch yeah. together. It's great. Did you ever read the books? No. Before or after the TV show? Oh, they came out before. I didn't uh, know so, there it, it, was a book. Yeah, it's a series of books. Uh, the first one is the best one, Darkly Dreaming Dexter. And and the series is largely based on the first book, like the first season anyway. There are a lot of similarities. Then it kind of goes off the rails and like it is not similar. So I would say... Um, and I listened to the first one on audiobook again, like 15 years ago because the TV show came out. I was obsessed. Yeah. And then I, then I immediately bought the audio book on Audible. Um, I would say that, um, it is one of those, um, like if I were to read one or listen to one, I would listen to the first one and I wouldn't do the additional ones because I don't feel, I feel like it is one of those weird cases where the TV show is significantly better. Sure. But the first book is good. But yeah, it was a series of books. Um, and so, um, yeah, the first one was Darkly Dreaming Dexter. And then it was uh, Dearly Devoted Dexter, Dexter in the Dark, Dexter by Design. So some of them came out after the TV show uh, had started. The first two books were were before. Um, 
And so uh, it, it's interesting. Um, do you remember the iOS game? No. Okay, there was a really great iOS game. I'm not even joking. And unfortunately, it's not available anymore because it was 32-bit only. But there was, and it was well done for the time because it came out in like 2009. I remember this because I went to Comic-Con and I interviewed some of the people behind it. Like it had originally started as like a PlayStation 2 game. And then somewhere during development, they were like, no, we're going to make this an iPhone game instead. And so um, you kill people. Like they don't let you actually stab people. They like actually do like cutaways from like, I guess, like the actual murders. But it's this interesting game where you're Dexter and you have to collect clues in some missions to be able to prove that the person you're killing actually perpetrated whatever crime, you know, you're, you're enacting. And then you have to like do certain things when you're like trying to get them to confess. And then there are other things when like, you know, like you're actually like, you know, making cuts in the body and whatnot and like, you know, uh, hiding stuff. Like it was actually a pretty intricate, like good game. I have to say, like, I really enjoyed it. This was, this was like sanctioned by. Yes. The Dexter creators. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, Michael C. Hall did, um, did voice work for it. I think, (laughs) uh, I think a number of the cast members did. All right. Um, it it, it was great. It, you know, and, uh, and I was thinking about that. I was like trying to find, apparently there's a PC version that came out, but I'd have to get a crack and all kinds of other stuff. And I was like, I don't have time for that. So, cause I kind of wanted to replay it again. And I was like, is there a way? Um, because after it came to, to iPhone, they did release like an iPad version, like right when the iPad came out, like they actually did one of the rare things where they, you know, reformatted it and like made an iPad version. And then I think they brought it to um, um, PC. But um, anyway, that was like, for me, when I think back of like the early era of iPhone games, that was funnily enough, I think one of the first ones that was actually like really good because it was a game you know it wasn't just like a, a puzzle or anything which in 2009 to be fair you know that was the app store is only a year old at that point fairly you know um like cool especially as you said like this is like a tie-in for a freaking tv show so you don't expect to have like an actual like good game out of it but it was yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna tell our listeners about one last sponsor yes please and then i'll tell you what I'm binging now, and you can make fun of me. Okay. Um, so protein powders can feel intimidating with all of that no pain, no gain stuff that gets associated with them. But the truth is that deep down, like cellular level deep, we all need protein and it's about more than just muscles. So Ritual's team of scientists reimagined protein from the ground up and from the inside out, from how it's made to who it's for. The result is a delicious plant-based protein offered in three premium formulations for distinct life stages and unique nutrient needs, all made with the same high standards approach and commitment to traceability that Ritual is known for. Whether you're doing reps or you're more into dog walks, Ritual is introducing essential protein here to shake things up. I personally haven't had as much time as I'd like to cook healthy meals lately. Uh, I make dinner most nights, but lunch is a totally different story. Uh, I've been using Ritual as a meal replacement for my lunches, getting the protein and the nutrition I need so I don't feel hungry, and I still have time to enjoy my lunch break. It's just scoop, add water, shake, and boom, lunch. Now that I'm actually on the clock with a meeting schedule, that's a lifesaver. Ritual protein is for tomorrow as much as today, made with nutrients to support bones, brains, and muscle and help maintain muscle mass as you age. 
Essential Protein comes in clean, plant-based formulas specifically created to support nutrient needs of different life stages like 18+, pregnancy and postpartum, and 50+. 20 grams of pea protein plus a complete amino acid profile made with essential choline to help fill common dietary gaps. In terms of standards, Ritual's peas are sustainably grown and regeneratively farmed in the U.S., like all Ritual products, Essential Protein is soy-free, gluten-free, and formulated with non-GMO ingredients. So, why not shake up your Ritual? To make trying something new less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, overtired listeners get 10% off during their first three months. Just visit ritual.com overtired to add Essential Protein today. That's ritual.com overtired. So I've been uh, like, you know, I always have my my quote unquote comfort shows that we talk about all the time. Stuff I watch yeah. with Elle in the evenings while she knits and I often play on my phone and it's just it's noise. It's I, I, I like the noise, but yeah, totally. I also I there are times, especially like weeks when I'm depressed, um, which I'm not this week. Yeah, we didn't do our mental health corner, but but um, but but tell me about your your shows, or you can if you want, if you want to talk. Maybe about that. this all blends together. But okay. even when I'm just stable, when I'm manic, I don't, I don't watch TV. I, I, I get hyper focused on work projects. Well, I get hyper focused on on whatever is doing focused, um, right? <laughs> Esoteric command line utilities I'm building, but 100%. um. But even when I'm stable, I, I like to have TV on in the background and I've gone back to Rick and Morty for like the third time. Yeah. And I can't, I, it's such a, such a dark nihilistic show. Yes. And there's something happens around season three where the show becomes very critical of Rick. Um, like they start bringing in characters that can easily explain like all of Rick's personality defects and like, he, sure, he may be the most, the, the smartest man in the, in the multiverse, but he's also like a terribly flawed, uh, imperfect human being. And it becomes, it just becomes very self-aware and it's no longer just the funniness of Rick's nihilism. Right. But it's actually like making fun of rick and yeah it's such a good show i can't it is. i can't have hate you seen, it have you seen solar opposites um i did yeah um grit and i were actually watching that last night uh the season two because i hadn't seen that yet and um uh i love that as well another uh justin roiland show is it um yeah i didn't realize there was a connection but i did enjoy that show yeah um and, and uh and and the second season of that one gets similar to like like you said when like Rick and Morty becomes more self-aware like the second season of that show gets becomes more self-aware of itself but no I agree with that so funnily enough our servers in our closet are, are Rick and Morty but Rick uh, has been decommissioned Rick, oh, Rick died oh. well he was making it was making you a have infinite noise. Ricks I I wish we did uh but no I mean it was making lots of noise and it's an old machine but it was like loud like at one point it was so loud like I could hear it in my office with my door closed and other Oof. stuff. And I was like, I was like, I was like, this is not going to work. This is picking up on Mike. Like, yeah, that's not, a, that's not a good sign for a server. Uh, no, not at all. Um, like so, fan uh, noise or like grinding platter drives? Like what, uh, what was fan making? Noise, 
well, we think it was fans, but we're not sure uh, because like the NAS is what we use for like that stuff. So anyway, he took the grant. Look, Grant bought those servers because they're on racks. He bought them for cheap. He deals with that. If it were me, I would have built Nook boxes. Mm-hmm. I would have gone the more expensive, more modern route, but whatever. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think that his, you know, choice was was wrong. Um, saved a lot of money, I'm sure. I just, I will always spend money versus dealing with shit like that. Always. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I know. If I, like can, this- if I can pay to make a problem go away, Thank I will you. pay to make the problem go away. This is exactly where I'm at. I will always pay. I will always. If that is an option, like if I have the money to do it, I will always do that. There's will, no question. It's also my love language. Like I'm not great with like affection, but I will buy you a kick-ass gift. I will right. get you what you need when you need it. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, so so our, our our Rick server has been decommissioned. But um, but anyway, so that goes along with ironically with with your whole thing so so rick and morty is one of your comfort shows what else has been kind of on your on your list well okay so are you familiar with liberty mutual ads i am liberty 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 great great, like jingle like super catchy super short jingle perfect like they we've actually talked about their branding of the yellow before Mm -hmm. but like they own yellow in my in my mind space now and they're, they're, uh, the emu commercials, uh, well, I can't remember Liberty, uh, something, the emu, but so they have those, those two characters and then they have the whole series of commercials that take place on like a pier or like a dock. Right. And they're so corny. They're so bad, but they're bad in that way that gets a chuckle out of me. Uh, doesn't get old until I've seen them like maybe 15 times before I just, I can't anymore. But like, I honestly, it is one of the best and, and not high budget, but one of the best branding campaigns I've seen in quite some time. I, I really, Geico's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm real. I'm done with, I'm done with progressive ads. Yeah. We're, we're, we're overflow. Flow's just, done she's done she's tired she's let her let her her go to bed she needs some rest it's been 15 years i think like yeah like honestly you know what i mean like like you got to retire things at some point because here's the thing if they had retired her like five or six years ago which i think is when they probably should have Uh they could have brought it back sure and everybody would have been excited when they tried to like build a cast around her yeah, it just doesn't work. It has not worked. It has like not they worked to, at all. Yeah, they try to do the flow, ex- uh, you know, um, extended universe and like it hasn't yeah, worked. Exactly. But Liberty Mutual with just like one, one like m- human mascot and then a, a, a CGI bird mascot or puppet. I don't even know. Yeah, it's got to be a puppet. But um, like it, it, and like just super cheesy. Like each of the dot commercials relies on a bad bit, like a bad gag. Um, something that I can just imagine sitting in the writer's room and like throwing ideas away because they were too clever and finally getting down to that one that's so corny, it's going to stick. Like it's so corny that people are going to remember it. And they, they've really nailed the art of, of the bad commercial that sticks. 
Yeah, that's great. That it, it's so funny because we always wind up talking about this on this show about the fact that, and it's just because these are the only commercials that work clearly and that still have like longevity or whatever. But all the best television commercials are from freaking insurance companies. Yeah. Well, I, honestly, I feel like I mostly get insurance company ads these days. And then if I'm watching Peacock, I get a bunch of ads for children's programming and, yeah. and children's toys, which does not get like top of mind placement for me due to not having children or being a child. So the only ones I really remember are the insurance ads. No, totally. And that is the weird thing. Cause, and again, I think if you think about it, because everything, you know, going to streaming and like with people paying money to not have ads and whatnot, like, and, and I don't see ads as, as often anymore unless I'm like watching like live TV or whatever. Um, I think that like the things that you probably can still definitively make money on would be insurance because everybody needs it and you need it for a million different things and kids toys. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Because, like, kids do, are still watching toys. Like, I, kids want to buy toys. I get commercials for, like, DoorDash and stuff like that that, like, I don't I don't live in an area that even offers DoorDash. So it's it's weird that, that I have to... Do you don't have DoorDash? I don't have DoorDash. Do you have, like, Uber Eats? No. I don't even have Uber. What are you talking about? I live in a town Seriously? of 30,000 people. We drive to, we drive 10 minutes into downtown. We pick up our food and we eat it like, like small town people. No, I understand this. But even in a town of 30,000 people, I would think, A, that not everybody would have like the ability to, to have a car. Like for instance, people might be out drinking at one of the bars and wants to take an Uber home. I don't know if you're familiar like, with the idea of taxi cabs, but we do have those. Yeah, I, I, I am familiar with the idea of taxi cabs, but taxi cabs suck. Like, I think we a actually have a couple of Lyft drivers in town. Okay, there you go. All right. Because, I like, look, there's a reason. Like, Uber's a terrible company. I'm not going to make any excuses for that. But there's a reason why they were able to disrupt the taxi industry. And that's because the taxi industry is, A, every bit as horrible as the ride-sharing industry. Like, if you want to talk about fucked up, like, predatory, like, terrible industries... The taxi industry is every bit as bad as as Uber and Lyft. Like it, it, it's it's not even a question. And B, because although now some of them have apps or whatnot, like you'd have to call and and maybe like they would come pick you up, but maybe they wouldn't. You know, it's like like trying to get a livery driver in Brooklyn before um, Uber because you couldn't call a freaking cab. You have to call a livery service. And then what would happen is that this happened to me one time. Weird tangent, but this is actually a funny story. It happened to Grant and I. We were trying to go into the city and um, we called a cab from like a, the, the livery place down the street and a black car comes and it's kind of an old beat up car, which is the type of car that the liveries drive. And... We say, yeah, are, are you a driver? He says, yeah, I, I, I am. He starts driving us. We get pulled over on the bridge by a cop because something was not right with his tag or whatever. Turns out Mopo doesn't have a livery license because he's not an actual livery. He just had um, a thing in his uh, car to um, hack into the, the radio signal of the actual livery company. So he stole the fare. So we were in a gypsy cab, which I realize is an offensive term, but I don't know what the non-offensive term would be. And like my my comment was that like, um, you know, unintentional gypsy cabs are the best gypsy cabs because we were literally in this like fake 
cab that we livery that we didn't have any idea about until we were pulled over by the cops. And the cop at least was nice enough to be like, well, you're close enough already. You're literally on the bridge. You're not going to get a car. You can go ahead and let him take you into the city. He gave the guy a ticket and the guy was pissed. But I'm like, well, don't don't (laughs) do that. Like, yeah, yeah. I assume I assume there's a system similar to a medallion for livery drivers, but probably not as expensive or as intense. Exactly. That's 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 the exact idea. Um, and, and they can only be in local areas. So, for instance, um, at least in New York City, and I don't know how it is in other places, but in New York City, like you can't get a medallion in Brooklyn. You can only get it in Manhattan. So the yeah. other boroughs have liveries. Now, that doesn't mean the yellow cabs can't pick up in those areas they can but only if they're on the street mm. and and the cab systems in new york you can't call in advance yeah um so so like the deliveries who uber basically put out of business although ironically what uber first did when they started in new york was they went to all the different liveries and they partnered with some of them and they hired some of their best drivers and in some cases hired the owners and were mm. like hey help us build out our, our network of drivers because when they were doing Uber Black and stuff, especially like a lot of your higher end drivers came from these livery places that had, you know, would sell like expensive, you know, town cars and whatnot. And in their off periods of time, they would just drive for Uber. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the idea is, is that it there it's not nearly as robust as a medallion. So uh, you can do it. But also, even though they charge you every bit as much as a cab, you're using a place that has, you know, like is going over public airwave stuff. And clearly it was a problem because we we saw this happen other times. This is the only time it ever happened to us, but it clearly was a frequent problem where you would have other, you know, wannabe cab driver, or like uh, wannabe livery drivers just listening in on the public radio waves. You know what I mean? They're just like listening in on the dispatch channel and being like, yep, we're going to go pick the person up instead. Yeah. Just I'm, do that. I'm looking at our show notes. And mm-hmm. we just pulled off a 100% pop culture with a little bit of taxi cab talk, but it was an offshoot of commercial talk. Right. This has been an all entertainment episode, which is kind of what your birthday was anyway. I, I was going to say, this is perfect because it was my birthday. So also hashtag like free Britney, like happy for her. And um, we can talk more about that at some other point. I still think her fans are fucking insane, but I'm very happy that she's not in the conservatorship anymore. Yeah. And and you tweeted some uh, open source Dropbox client at my rabbi. And I want to talk more about that next time. Yes, it's great. Maestro. Yes, we'll we'll get to that. We're going to probably wrap up because we're recording on Saturday. We are recording on Saturday. And I still have so, to edit and I don't want to spend yep. my whole weekend on this. No, so. I, I don't want you to either. So cause that would be terrible. Um, don't forget to sign up for um, Showtime. As soon as we drop off oh, yes. so that you can get uh, oh, yes. get get your your Dexter fixed, because then we can talk about Dexter next week. I'm adding to my show notes to sign up for. No, <laughs> you should. Honestly, that'd be funny. Um. All right. Well, Christina, happy birthday. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate it. This is very fun. And uh, get some sleep. Get some sleep, Brett. The system is going down low.